0: Hi Matt Oh Jamie, have you had a good week? I've had a very busy week but it's been good Um, Me too, me too I can almost smell
1: the mince pies I've had three mince pies already today (laughs) 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 Have you really? Yeah, I really have The
0: Interplanetary Podcast The exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind Your hosts here in London Matthew Russell and Jamie Franklin Matt, this is podcast twelve. Alas, it's, uh, it's 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 quite a sad episode to start with. Um, it is a but sad we episode. should be sad forward slash
1: you know, let's celebrate the life let's... of a, a great man. Yes, yeah, so John Glenn, who I would consider uh, the most famous American astronaut after after Buzz Aldrin, and uh, absolutely, he is, he is literally the all American superhero, isn't he? absolutely i mean wow what what a biography where do you start yeah. <laughs> well do you start well i guess we start where i mean he was born in uh yes cambridge ohio in 1921 so yes he's the ripe old age of 95
0: amazing 95.
1: yeah um, unbelievable good innings but, that yeah insanely good innings but really when you look at his life you could do a, a, a film trilogy about it. Even even if he didn't have the space thing, his, his life's incredible just as a, a as a pilot.
0: Pilot, politician, friend of the Kennedys, the list
1: goes on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he ran as a senator. Yeah. Oldest person ever to go in, into space. It Didn't he come out of retirement and go back at the age of 77? He did, and... There was quite a bit of controversy because there was a few uh, astronauts who were sort of saying, well, this is dangerous having an old man on this flight. In their words, it's not a airliner, the shuttle. It's a dangerous machine yeah. that uh, requires you to do all sorts of things like climb up ladders to get get yourself out of this thing. So yeah. uh, they were sort of saying that maybe he's just too old for this and that the science didn't really justify it. Uh, And uh, John Glenn got pretty upset by that and uh, hit back pretty emphatically that, uh, no, actually, he was the right person for the job, that the science had been looked at in great detail and that um, he was going for a very specific reason and uh, he was confident that if they'd bothered reading the science report that... um, a totally justified mission. Of course it
0: was. I mean if you it's just insane. You look back, I mean 52 combat mission, missions in World War 2 and 90 in Korea <laughs> and 218 hours logged in space. Yeah. I don't think anyone could say that. <laughs> no. That's not a, that's not
1: a bad CV, is it? No, and of course He'd kind of done a lot of his test piloting things and all of that just as the space race had been yeah. sparked by the launch of Sputnik. Mm. so it was the launch of Sputnik and the Americans suddenly thought we've really got to get our acting gear and that's when they set up NASA of course. Uh, and then NASA said, right here is the agenda we, we, we've, we've got to get a human up into yeah. space. So they said, well let's just just let's find the people. And I guess that they sort of looked at people that they thought, well, we need people who've got a bunch of flight experience, who've made it through extremely dangerous situations and have managed to think quick enough that they survived. And I guess that's, and so there was obviously lots and lots of very rigorous training. Because
0: we have to remember how dangerous it was back then to to take, it was was probably more than 50-50 in terms of, you know, is your rocket going to blow up? And they had that same attitude as when we interviewed Al Worden. It's, it's like, well, you know what? It might blow up. But if we don't do this, then we're not going to evolve. So oh. I'm going to be the one to do oh. this. I mean, incredible bravery. Oh,
1: absolutely. His, his bravery is, is unparalleled, actually. And he was one of the very first people that comforted the family members of the shuttle disaster. And sort of said, you know, and his justification was, you know, the, mm. what I'm doing for humanity and what I'm doing for science actually outweighs my own personal safety. And I think that's, that's an incredible, that's an incredible attitude. Yeah, and, and absolutely. You, know, says, you know, these people do put their lives on the line and that, and that was, you know, that was his tribute to those people.
0: And people are continuing to have attitudes like that who go into space. So I think he was, yeah, he was one of those people that kind of paved the way of an attitude,
1: if you like. Absolutely. I mean, he, he really is the true American hero mm. or, or, you know, any, any, any country's hero, really. He's a true hero. He does everything that humanity would expect of a hero. Absolutely.
0: Completely agreed. I was reading a quote by him earlier um, and it said something along as, uh, you know, when, I'm whiz- when I was hurtling through space at a terrifying rate of speed, uh, the the only thing that I could think about was that every single part of my rocket um, was uh, was bought to the from the lowest bidder.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny that that quote ends up in lots and lots of different places, and yeah. and uh, and attributed to different people. But yes, it, it, he was the first person to kind of really get that that whole um, <laughs> sitting on top of a rocket yeah. that's about to take off, and and you realise you're sitting on a bomb, and it has been done <laughs> yeah. by the lowest bidder. Yeah, it's it's ace, isn't it? <laughs> I, uh, one of my favourite quotes was some uh, was one that um, I tweeted about earlier, which was essentially when he was a uh, when he was a child, he used to force himself to climb a tree at the bottom of his garden, right? Uh, and and he used to climb to the very, you know, like literally to the highest branch he could get to, and it scared him. But he used to do it all the time, yeah. Even though when he got to the top, he would look down and go, "I'm not doing this again." But he'd keep doing it because. Because it scared him, he knew that he could overcome it. Yeah, right. And and, and that was that was his kind of philosophy. It's like oh, that, that is brilliant. So he was he's a classic example of someone that is always pushing himself out of his comfort zone. Absolutely. And, look, and just look at what he's managed to achieve with his life.
0: Absolutely agreed. Incredible. The
1: standout achievements, obviously, he's the first. American astronaut to orbit the Earth. Yeah. So second second astronaut, second person after Yuri Gagarin, of course. Yeah. It was the Americans were actually designing a space plane at that point to sort of get people up, but it became such a rush. It was like, no, nope, we're just sticking you on a capsule and we're just <laughs> blasting you on yeah. one of these huge rockets instead, an Atlas. So it's like, whoa, off you go. I mean, when you sit in one of those early capsules which I have done, there was one in Prague that I sat in which was, which was the same as Yuri Gagarin's. Yeah. And you sit in something like that and then you think of the size of the rocket that would have been underneath you mm. and just how terrifying. You think, yeah, that that is unbelievable.
0: Absolutely. And then if-
1: then he then he was a senator for for a very long time. Yeah. That uh, the nine thousand four hundred votes that he cast, he said each had contributed in a small or large measure to the painstaking march of our democracy. I could not ask for anything more rewarding, and that you know that just goes to show how seriously he took public service. Yeah. You know, it was at one point touted that he might even run for um, the presidency itself. Really? Um, what a great president he would have been. Absolutely. Yeah um uh, and uh, of course going into space at the age of 77 is i, I, I can't imagine that's going to be beaten anytime soon no you?
0: i really can't i mean uh, that is insane when you think of when you picture an old man at 77 i think a lot of people will just imagine somebody sat back in a chair you know slippers on not really kind of heading up to the space station
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> It, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean... It, Amazing. Absolutely brilliant.
0: i just got a quote here, Matt, I'd like to read. Mm-hmm. He said, The most important thing we can do is inspire young minds and to advance the kind of science, math and technology education that will help youngsters take us to the next phase of space travel. I mean, it's just it just goes on and on, doesn't it? Absolutely.
1: I mean, yeah, well... well R.I.P. uh, John Glenn, and uh, thank you very much for everything you've done for the space race. You were the space race. Exactly. Uh, So thoughts go out to the family.
0: Incredible. Not to be forgotten. Yep.
1: Godspeed, John Glenn. Uh, uh, Guess what I'm watching right at the moment, Jamie?
0: Oh, you're not watching them again, are you? I told you, you'll go blind.
1: (laughs) I am watching the launch that's happening right now. Of Wait, this isn't... Vega, no, is No, 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 no. This is the Kuna Tori 6 supply ship on its way up ah. to the International Space Station. Amazing. And of course, this has become an extra critical launch because um, obviously the Soyuz Progress MSO4 last week, which we <laughs> happened to be talking about just after that, failed to get to the International Space Station. So this yeah. has become a much more critical mission. And actually, I believe this is the first Japanese launch that's happened since our podcast launched. Interesting. So I'm quite excited about it. And it's been quite interesting watching it. Now, so far, do you think they're doing uh, a podcast on saying the same thing? Yeah. Well, well, I'm watching the huge the live YouTube feed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it's just come up the. H-2B F-6 launch with HTV-6 on board was successful. Yes. So there we go. So that's on its way to the International Space Station. Wow, bon voyage. It is an unbelievably busy week since we last talked, Jamie. What's been going on? So we had a Vega launch, which you just alluded to, uh, which was, again, successful. It's yeah. very, similar, very similar to the Rokot. Mm. And uh, it's made in flight in 2012, so it's quite a new space launch vehicle. Yeah. And it's made of four stages, three of which are solid. And the, 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 the fourth stage is uh, a liquid fueled rocket, mm. the Avum. A lot oh, of it's yeah. uh, a lot of it's made in Belgium. This thing, okay, uh, and uh, it's carrying was carrying the Gokturk one, which was a, a Turkish military um, spy satellite, uh, and that's now 435 miles above the Earth. It's, pro- it's, it's, it's probably about 700 kilometers, in that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's about that. It's about that. I'm just guessing, guys. <laughs> I'm yeah, not yeah. reading a thing. New. So we had the Europeans in action. Straight after that, we had the Indians in action. Yes. So uh, the ISRO, the Indian Space Research Organisation, managed to launch. um, You can do it, Matt. The satellite satellite itself is called the Resource SAT 25. 24. The Resource SAT 24. That was on the. Workhorse of the ISRO, the PSLV C36. Oh, say it again. Yeah, so that which with the PSLV C36, <laughs> which, which of for Polar Space Launch Vehicle, I think. <laughs> but uh, uh, and that had six solid strap on motors. Which I believe was obviously what the C-36 comes from. But you can never tell with this nomenclature of uh, rocket yeah. design. I mean, the long march all over the shop, I've got no idea what the heck that means. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that was successful.
0: Excellent news. Good work, India.
1: And then straight after that one, Jamie, we had uh, a Delta four. Now, knowing Delta IV's track record, yeah, how do you think it fared? Do you think it failed or succeeded?
0: Oh, I don't want to bring the podcast down, but I'm going to say it failed.
1: No, Delta Just kidding. still has a 100% success <laughs> record. Absolutely smashing it, the Delta. Absolutely smashing it. Or
0: not smashing it, as the as the case maybe.
1: United Launch Alliance brought out a website where they where you can go on, and it's called rocketbuilder.com, uh, I believe, and you, you click on it, and you can build your own launcher, and it tells you how much it's going to cost. I might go on it right now. Yeah, (laughs) it's really good. So, uh, and you know, you choose the weight of your satellite. uh, Then you uh, then you have to decide, you know, what size fairing that's going to fit in. Yeah. What kind of orbit that you're going to go into? Whether you're going to launch East Coast or West Coast, uh, and that will affect the orbit that it goes in and the payload size that you can actually deliver. And then it will sort of automatically give you how many boosters you need. I love that. Yeah. Oh yes, oh yes And now oh, and yeah. now we've just had the successful Japanese launch of the uh, Kunitori 6 The HTV-6 that's on its way to uh, the International Space Station Awesome How Very exciting The last time that we had uh, an, an HTV on its way to the International Space Station Was the 24th of August 2015 Oh yeah So uh, over a year ago and this is only the sixth of these Japanese supplies. The very first one flew on my birthday back in 2009 on the 10th oh, of September. That's, that's just your birthday, li- Matt. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, and now, now we've got some future launches. So on December the 11th, which isn't too far away, is it? Yeah. That's going to happen this week between now and the next podcast. Well, it's two we've days got, away. Yeah, we've got the Long March 3B. Oh, glory. Uh, which is a three-stage rocket uh, with four strap-on liquid boosters. That should be good. Always nice to see and yet another Chinese launch. The Chinese, of course, smashing it out of the park right now.
0: They really are. It's
1: home runs yeah. all the way. It is. Now, one I'm really excited about is uh, on December the 12th, we have a Pegasus XL. Oh, what? Yeah, which is carrying a global navigation satellite, the Cygnus which is the NASA Cyclone Global Navigation Satellite System. Very nice. But the the Pegasus, have you seen a picture of the Pegasus? No, not yet, I don't think so. It it looks more like a cruise missile. Really? It's like a missile with wings on. Blimey. It's an air-launched rocket, so it's orbital ATKs. It's basically designed for sort of flying things up into low Earth orbit. Wow, I've just Googled it, that's amazing. Again, this will be the first time that um, uh, we'll see it on this on this podcast, for sure. In fact, I think the last time it flew, as far as I can make out, was um, 2013. Okay. And that flew from Vandenberg. It was a successful launch of the uh, the SMEX Iris satellite. Well, it's good to uh, have it back. Yeah. So I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that. And I actually w- I wonder how they're going to do the footage. I hope they have like um, sort of other planes flying around. I was going to um, say plane
0: stuff. cam. Yeah.
1: Oh, this is going to be... So, yeah, this is going to be amazing. So, it's it's released from 40,000 feet up, and its first stage has wings and a tail to provide lift and attitude control while it's in the atmosphere. Now, Jamie. Oh, yeah? Now we dealt with all the launches. i tell you what was one of the most exciting uh, stories for me this week. Go on. Uh, was that the capsule, the Soyuz capsule that... Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Peek's cap. Tim Peak returned down to Earth. yeah. Has been purchased by the Science Museum and will be on display in the uh, London Science Museum as of early 2017. That is awesome news. I'm so excited by that because our friend uh, Vic Southgate, um, who we uh, met at uh, at New Scientist uh, Live... And who is part of World Space Space Week. Absolutely, um, yeah. And she also won the Patrick Moore Medal uh, the other day at the British Interplanetary Society, which, which I was there, at their Christmas dinner. Incredible! Fantastic Congratulations! Fun. But uh, she tweeted on the very day that uh, uh, Tim Peake came down. As, as she actually tweeted, "We should get this capsule down to the Science Museum." And I quickly <laughs> waded in and said, "This is the best idea ever." So I'm ama- I'm immensely chuffed that that, that that has happened. I think that's absolutely
0: really cool. incredible. They've, it's had a bit of a clean up, but you'll still see the scorch marks. I think it's going to oh, be great.
1: Yeah. Do you know what? When when I saw the cosmonauts exhibition at the Science Museum, mm. maybe a year or two ago. One of the things that I absolutely loved the most were the scorched capsules that had come back. They look yeah. incredible and when yeah. you sort of look inside them through the through the window you go, wow it must be so scary <laughs> coming back down as a big fireball. In yeah. fact, in the words of John Glenn that was some fireball, boy. Because <laughs> John Glenn apparently when he looked out the window of his uh, returning capsule he genuinely thought his heat shield had gone because he could see big balls of flames like flashing past his window. My goodness. So me. I think he just thought, well, yeah, I'm obviously a goner. I'm just going to enjoy the ride. But Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he, he, mentioned he made that, it. Yeah, he made it and mentioned it to the rescue crew. There was some fireball boy, <laughs> so uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so I'm really, really chuffed. I think that 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 is awesome. That that's going to be in the science museum, and I cannot wait to go see it.
0: Absolutely. So uh,
1: we should uh, maybe do a little live podcast from there. We and maybe, should do. Maybe we should get Vix down and she can uh, talk us through it. That
0: would be cool. That would be a cool idea.
1: Oh no! Let's talk about. What have let's you forgot about one one last little thing about the, this little story that I knew would you would like. Yeah. Um, I spotted this one. I think it's really cool. Is chips little integrated uh, transistors and stuff? Yeah. That uh, that 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 fix themselves. So one of the so uh, you know uh, you, you, our th- favorite breakthrough star shot and these oh, kind of yeah young, yeah. And, nano craft that go off to for interstellar travel yeah one of the problems is you'll have this little wafer thin interstellar craft and mm. uh, you'll get loads of interstellar radiation and you know the solar wind all these sort of things which mm. is you know tiny particles going at ridiculously high speeds etc uh, etc et smashing into these wafer thin spacecraft it, yeah it, they're very very unlikely to survive that I noticed an article in IEEE Spectrum. The Korean Institute of Science and Technology and NASA are are developing uh, spacecraft Mm. from single silicon chips that actually have self-healing properties. What? Yeah, so... uh, (laughs) So in layman's terms, how will that work? Um, They're going to try and design transistors and chips and and things that can self Heal. Awesome. Uh, so on-chip healing has been around for many, many years. Okay. According to Jin Wu Han, a member of the NASA team. Legend. Uh, milestones include the revelation in the 1990s by a team at the National Microelectronics Research Centre in Cork, Ireland, that heating could drive the recovery of radiation sensors and far more recently, heat-induced healing of flash memory by Macronix of Ta- Taiwan. The critical addition made now, Han says, is the most comprehensive analysis on radi- radiation damage. Damage. So, the study uses uh, the Korean Institute's experimental gate-all-round nanowire transistor. And, uh, yeah, so it's a really interesting article to go and have a look at. So well, if you were... this is
0: really amazing because, I mean, it's it's so expensive, space <laughs> travel, that if you can get stuff like this happening, then that could save millions and millions to projects mm. I'm endorsing it Matt I'm endorsing it I'm just you know what I'm, I'm endorsing it right now I don't care about the repercussions it's got my backing
1: the development of wafer thin spacecraft actually relies on this technology of being able to get these things to self-repair otherwise it's a complete waste of time <laughs> but it turns out there's quite a few uh, different paths that you can go down that actually mean that these chips do self repair, which is very very interesting, isn't it? It's something that really that, is uh, interesting. Sounds very very science fiction, but it actually turns out is already science fact that, that these 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 things are already being made. It's incredible, isn't
0: it? Do you know something else that's interesting, Matt?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that <laughs> go I like your I like your mm-hmm, like what's mm-hmm. coming now? What's coming now? Well, I tell you what's coming out. When you said the words wafer thin, or wafer thin. That it made doesn't... me feel. That made my stomach rumble because I haven't yet had lunch, and it's it's, it's about ten past two, and uh, and when you said wafer thin, my stomach rumbled. Maybe maybe it thought of ham.
1: I always think of Mr. Cre- creosote when someone says wafer thin.
0: Oh yeah, that, that's going to put me off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So there so we have it. Even though I am I am like you, absolutely starving because yeah. I haven't eaten either.
0: So just one last thing.
1: I did notice that uh, NASA need our help with long duration space poop problem. <laughs> well,
0: that that we can definitely help with.
1: So yeah, go, go and have a look at that because uh, yeah, it's it's all about how to how to keep your spacesuit on for several days, and uh, it's such an important problem now that um, NASA has put that out as a. Uh, the space poop challenge and uh, the deadline is now looming so uh, yes you can maybe get your suggestions in well give us a tweet you know I mean, yeah, to give us a tweet. Oh actually, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a question out to listeners because I think this is really important because in in our uh, podcast roundup that's gonna be in a couple of episodes soon, a roundup of two thousand and sixteen. Oh yeah. One of the things that I want to nail down, and I had this conversation with Vix uh, at the BIS Christmas party the other day, is oh, yeah. how many launches were there from America, China, Japan, Europe Etc. Etc. And put them into a table, because uh, this year it looks like it, America are going to have more space launches than Russia for the first time. Right now, but I want to decide where to put the Europeanized Soyuz that fly from uh, French Gué, because they fly they fly uh, as a sort of on European missions, mm. but still it's Russian rockets with Russian uh, launch crew. Do we count them as a European launch or a Russian launch or maybe do we give them half a point each?
0: I would say half a point each personally. Okay, that, that, so that's what I'm thinking, thinking because we don't want to upset anyone on this podcast. No, so
1: okay, so that's my question for for, for listeners. Please write in at matt at interplanetary.org.uk and let me know your feelings or or just tweet me or Facebook me, however you tweet, feel comfortable. Um, yeah, you can even pe- Snapchat me. People know care. him. People know Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and don't forget, listeners, please subscribe and uh, rate us. On iTunes and Stitcher and Acast etc. because that that really helps us to uh, raise our profile. That'd be fantastic.
0: If you could also rate the singing of um, uh, Matt's background, can you? As you can hear, hear it just it? now,
1: can you hear it? Can you hear it?
0: Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, it's that's great. No, it's a great <laughs> addition. <laughs> oh, like I say, you know, make sure you ask him about the jingle. Oh, <laughs> speaking of which, Matt, <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got a new um, I've got a new intro. If you want to hear it. Oh right, go on. The Interplanetary Podcast, putting the rock back in rocket.
1: Oh, yeah, I see what you've done. What do you think? (laughs) Mm, It it could work. It could work. Let's try it, okay. No, let's try it. Okay. Okay, let's do it together.
0: Okay.
1: You you do the first line, and then I'll join in.
0: The Interplanetary Podcast,
1: putting the rock rock
0: back in rocket.
1: rocket. (laughs) (laughs) Slightly out of sync, but you know what? That's all right. The Interplanetary Podcast. Putting the rock back in rocket. Yes. That's good. I like it. Party putting the time. ace back in space, putting the rock back in rocket. <laughs> this, is oh. such, this is such a dad
0: podcast, isn't it?
1: <laughs> oh, we've totally <laughs> dadded it. <laughs> if only I had
0: children. What's my excuse? Can I just borrow one of yours, Matt?
1: I think your excuse is that you're a lover, not a fighter.
0: That is true, actually. Yeah. I'm just trying to bring peace to
1: the space travel. I mean, you know, is that such a big deal? No, no, it's no big deal. I think I love that. I love that. Remember, the podcast's aim is space and space travel for the good of all mankind. And womankind. Well, when I say man, obviously. (laughs) Just kidding, Matt. I know you're a feminist You you got me you got me all stressed that somehow we hadn't been addressing our audience I'd been looking at the stats on that we're, we're a bit skew-whiff on, on men yeah. so men men listening out there if you can get your wives to listen too that'd be great that would be good or your daughters in fact get your daughters listening because we need to see more women in space They're more the future. women doing science more women doing STEM subjects so that let's make that a name as well thank that you very is, much that is a good see, that that is a, that's out. me being goody
0: two shoes for the day check you out Apple for the teacher thank you alright great well guys we'll see you uh, for lucky number 13 uh, next week
1: excellent Uh, au revoir everyone bye bye